0: This is The Rest Is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Valls. Hello everyone and welcome once again to The Rest Is PR. My name, as it will always be, barring any incident at all, is Lyle Fulton. And I'm joined, as I'm sure I always will be, by the absolutely wonderful jackie vores now our eagle-eyed viewers of our youtube channel will see that i appear to have ascended to some sort of strange ethereal plane
1: oh jesus i
0: (laughs) i found myself here in chichester for whatever reason the lighting where i found myself in my digs here because i'm on tour with the wonderful ovo theater company with mosquitoes here at the chichester festival theater until the end of this week so by the time this comes out the show will have been and gone but where i found myself I, i i appear to have kind of ascended to the astral plane i'm kind of sort of floating in midair. so yeah apologies for the lighting state this is totally actually sort of all awesome smoke mirrors
1: for an ethereal role yeah. i mean
0: if i of... if i sort of do this you can see that's just a windowsill i mean there's just the uh, the, uh, the blinds are drawn there's nothing Great to it
1: style.
0: exactly yeah no it's extraordinary and jackie and i just before we went live as well listeners i mean there's so much that's gone on even just before we went live with this episode of the podcast we sadly lost shane mcgowan today as we record the podcast the uh, singer from the pose behind fairy tale of New York which is very very sad and Alistair Darling like seconds before we went live Alistair Darling as well so very very strange setup very very strange situation but Jackie as I always do let's try and bring some normality back to the beginning of the episode how are you this fine Thursday afternoon?
1: I'm very cold it's eagle-eyed strange. viewers will see that I have my oil-fired radiator behind me you can probably hear the whir of the fan below me and I've got my uh my lovely little fluffy water bottle just left on my seat by my a new husband
0: well there's an excellent segue here not to do with what we're going to be talking about on the episode although we do have some exciting news that we've just decided we're going to announce <laughs> to our listeners just before we went live but there is a lovely segue here about what James has been doing for you recently because obviously the water bottle is one thing the heating in the room you find yourself in yes, is another which he
1: built for me
0: exactly which he built for you <laughs> but let's talk about something this isn't it rest is my PR mate. exclusive I
1: get it a- beautiful chocolate cake delivered to me this morning which I've just shown to the YouTube viewers there you but go. I love you written on it
0: <laughs> extraordinary right so I was saying to Jackie this morning I, I
1: don't know what I did if I knew what I did I'd keep doing it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went out this morning and got my wife, Alice, who's um, down here with me with the show. She's also in, involved in Mosquitoes with us here. And she just, uh, I went and bought her a coffee and I thought, oh, I've smashed it. I've smashed it this morning. Husband brownie points, fantastic. <laughs> I arrive here at the recording of the podcast and James has put the heating on, filled Jackie up a hot water bottle and bought Jackie a bunch of flowers and a cake from her favourite cake shop with I love you written on it. And I'm here going, right, he's up the game. What can I do here? You know, I've got to respond.
1: But But are we talking about... Manipulation. (laughs) 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 I got a beads the segue.
0: Love the segue from you. I know (laughs) deep down you don't believe that to be the case. I know deep down you just think it's a very loving gesture, but you're absolutely spot on. Are we talking about something? But
1: whatever it is, it's definitely manipulated me to feeling very much more gracious and wonderful towards him.
0: There you go, which is absolutely spot on. And Jackie (laughs) makes an excellent point because listeners, this is an official announcement. Today marks the rest is PR series two episode one this is very arbitrary really if we're being honest and you know, we'd like to say that we're not manipulating you the listeners to kind of go back and then find your greatest hits of series one let's be honest with ourselves you know we can hold our hands up series one being 70 episodes long was potentially a little bit of a mistake but we've gone with it and it's one of those it will never be done again i'm sure but series two begins today we are officially starting a new page a new chapter of the rest is pr But we're going to be doing the same things the same things we've been doing hopefully so brilliantly for you the listeners and viewers and this week listeners as jackie quite rightly points out we're going to be talking about media manipulation and how media can manipulate you know popular thinking people's opinions and there's been lots that's been going on recently jackie that's kind of led Mm -hmm. to us sort of speaking about this topic can you kind of explain to the listeners some of the things that have been happening over the recent days even, let alone weeks, that have kind of led to us kind of considering this as a topic for our first episode? Yes,
1: there's there's so many things that I've been observing that the media is helping sort of manipulate popular opinion about. The first and most obvious one, which I don't actually want to to cross into because I think it's too serious and too sensitive for us to talk about, but the thing that's made me start thinking about this was obviously the israel palestine conflict which is horrific mm-hmm. and i've not been very impressed by how the media has been manipulated on that front but i think it's too deep and and distressing a subject for us to use as part of the podcast some people might disagree with me but it's just not something i feel comfortable talking about because i think it's so deeply upsetting and it's happening and it's not something mm-hmm. that i feel comfortable commentating on but it did lead me to start thinking about what else is happening in the media and how else is from what I can see is very obvious how else they are reacting to certain events and how they are used by politicians or people trying to promote things and sometimes willingly and I think I'd love to get Caroline back on the podcast um Caroline Wheeler from the Sunday Times I'd like to get her back on the podcast to talk about this subject because what I'm viewing right now is stuff that seems to me now to be quite cynical use of the media and I wonder why the media wants to go along with it because let's let's just use the the most trite example we've got Omid Scoby Scabies yes. as I call him Mr Scabies
0: Yeah Mr um, Scabies <laughs> who,
1: who who is allegedly even though he denies it now, allegedly a friend of the Markles, the, the the Mr. and Mrs. Markle, Harry and Meghan. And he's just brought out his new book, the sort of sequel to his first one about Harry and Meghan, which was Finding Freedom, I think. And this new book of his is now called Endgame. And, and I do hope it is his endgame when it comes to his literary feasts, because mm. I, I haven't even bothered to try to read it so if I'm critical of it without reading it well yeah turn it off I don't really care sure um, but <laughs> I don't but what I hear and what I see in reviews is it's it's another load of sometimes vicious tripe from a very partisan writer about Harry, uh, Harry and and Megan um Harry and Megan <laughs> and Now here's the interesting thing. It wasn't really getting the sort of flurry of media attention that it got when it when he that he got when he brought out Finding Freedom. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, funny this, but all of a sudden, the names of the royals who apparently commented on Archie's skin color or. prospective skin color yes which sparked that whole Oprah Winfrey racism interview and then Harry coming out and saying oh I don't think it was racism it was unconscious bias but nobody was naming the Royals all of a sudden in Holland in the Netherlands the book comes out translated into Dutch and it names the two Royals, that everybody's been sitting on the names of. And those two royals, now I can say it because Piers Morgan has said it. Correct. Um, those two royals are King Charles III and the Princess of Wales, Kate Middleton.
0: Correct. Extraordinary.
1: Interesting. This. To be
0: honest, extraordinary. And what's really interesting about this is, I'm sure I'm not speaking out of time when I say that in this particular example, and there are going to be other examples that we're about to use as well, Jackie, because we're going to go on to... You know, political examples of, of media manipulation. And there's a great example that I've just done some research on and I'm aware of from from the past. But when it comes to this scabies, Scobie example, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Because actually, in the circles I've kind of spoken in and, and surround myself in, there's always been speculation since that interview was released. There's always been speculation about who the royal was. And neither of those two names were ever the ones that cropped up.
1: No, it was always, so it's always
0: interesting how things it, swirl. Wasn't it? exactly it was philip and i i hired Anne in places and it's seemingly like neither of these you know were, were remotely involved and, and obviously that's you know fantastic for them and their reputation what have you but you know this whole thing hasn't been great for the royal reputation at all really if we're being honest with ourselves um, but it's just fascinating as well to me how there's been a seemingly interesting kind of piggyback move on top of the speculation that the media have been aware of for months and months the media have always been aware that this has been a thing but i think your speculation and we have to call it a speculation is that much as scoby has defended himself and defended the book and blamed the dutch publisher and blamed the dutch translation there is an element to which maybe this has been placed and briefed out there to do some things and to make some waves
1: well i mean this is a book that was tanking this is a book that wasn't going anywhere and he wasn't getting any of the kind of attention that he was getting. For his previous book, because honestly, everybody has got Meghan and Harry fatigue. Nobody wants to know anymore. We're just not interested. Yeah, I'm done. As is very well shown by the fact that their their own podcast has been dropped by Spotify. Yep. That they're losing all of their great entertainment deals with Netflix and the likes. Nobody's interested. We don't care. Yeah, we don't want to know anymore. So the only bit of currency. But Scobie held, that little bit of currency with those names. And so I genuinely speculate and believe that he got those thrown out into the Dutch media. And of course, it's going to go global then. And of course, it's gonna be something that everybody starts talking about. And then Scobie's back in the news. And isn't that great? Because his book sales are gonna go soaring high again so
0: um, it's just we, we've explored this haven't we we've explored this we've explored this in so many different iterations and I think it's a really interesting I think if I'd have really appreciated this way back when when I was studying politics at university all those years ago now I'd have loved to have written something on it and maybe I will write something on it now like we can we sort of speak about this quite often on the podcast and some people some listeners might go oh you know speaking about the media blah 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 but we've got a lot of people who work in the media who come on the podcast and it's a really really fascinating area of life and it's becoming a really it's becoming an increasingly significant way we receive not just our news but also like how we're supposed to think how we're supposed to believe like the media really does depending on what your particular preferences are when it comes to the media you follow whether it's a paper you read whether it's a broadcaster you watch whether it's a radio channel you listen to that then kind of tends to direct who you are almost in terms of your sensibility in terms of your own opinions on things like major news stories of the day and and minor news stories of the day as well and so receiving something like this like this case study again it's like landed at our, our door perfectly for the podcast just in time for us to record it's just another really excellent and interesting and significant example of just how the media are starting to manipulate not just how we think, but almost how we behave as well, like, you know, this, the, the circles we walk in. And an example I was going to use, one I've just sort of made sure I get the dates right for, I mean, it's amazing that I even was able to kind of almost forget the date because it was just such a significant date, obviously, for human history. But there was the famous British political aide, trying to remember her name, but she famously wrote a memo on September 12th, 2001, saying... Seems like it's a good day to bury bad news, to the incumbent British government, and that was in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks. And this was an extraordinary piece of like in black and white media manipulation. Let's let's release some things today. Well, we've
1: always come to kind of we've kind of come to expect the government to bury bad news yeah. when we're in the middle of a, a a tumult is the word that we used earlier on when we were talking. And that's quite interesting that our, we've been almost coached into this expectation that to to look maybe for something else, if mm-hmm. there's something big happening in the media to think, Oh, what news are they burying? Yeah. And that's, that's very cynical place to be, isn't it? But here's my prediction, Niall. And see if you tear it down, I, I'd be interested to see what you think, but i do believe that everything comes in circles and history does repeat itself and I've watched the circular nature of the power of communication going from the big publishers to the people because the publishers used to wield the 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 influence over everybody's um viewpoints and opinions and 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 literally peddle propaganda and we saw that the example of of how that worked when we were talking about David Beckham and how he became an absolute pariah to the nation because Absolutely. he was sent off in a in a very important football game. But for three years after that, the media had created a horrible, horrible um environment for him where he was just literally treated like a piece of dirt. So those were the days when the media was really strong and could pedal that kind of pr- propaganda. And in the last few decades, we've seen the turning of the wheel to see people publishing come to the fore, to see blogging, vlogging, social media. And so everybody has a voice. Everybody can say anything. And now we're seeing the rise of AI and how everybody with a voice can now multiply their voices with all sorts of different technological tools. And here's my prediction we will yet again see the rise of the media moguls, the the Rupert Murdoch's of the future, because nobody will trust the amount of content that is out there from people publishing and multiple voices. They're going to look to experts. They're going to look for opinion. And that's why we need to, right now, amongst all of us, be very cognizant of the power of the media and be looking to hold the media far more accountable for the way they act. And that would actually come down to also not being manipulated by idiots, sorry, by authors like this, and I lose that use that term very, very loosely. Yeah, of course. Um, because I respect authors a lot, by people who who write about stories like like Omid Scobie being influenced by the types by their types of media manipulations, I think the media needs to really start to have a look at itself. And And think, are we just playing along to this guy's tune? You know, this this avaricious kind of um... yeah,
0: exactly right. I think we also need to. I was having a think about this actually a a while ago, a few days back actually. Just sort of because we'd spoken so much about it on the podcast, and we've spoken so much about the media. And I actually, I think I was speaking to my dad about it, actually, in fact, who, as we know, from uh, the now previous series of the podcast, has his own very specific views on various things. And he's fantastic. And I love my dad very, very much. But we were speaking about this. We actually spoke about the OpenAI, Sam Alton thing, and he had his own very specific views on that. And I said the views I'd articulated on the most recent episode of the podcast, the now last episode of our our previous series, as we got talking about that. And we spoke about a delineation that I think needs to start being made more and more clear now which is that for decades, the media, that moniker, that tag has kind of been synonymous with not just, you know, your TMZ type stuff out in the States where it's all paparazzis and it's, you know, entertainment news and it's kind of, you know, your red tops and what have you. But the media has also been synonymous with, you know, oh, that story is in the media at the moment. Ergo news. It's a news story. And I think we need to start making a clear Delineation the clearest delineation we've ever made that the media and news and news broadcasters are becoming increasingly very, very different things. And I actually had a conversation with someone recently in reference to the Palestine Israel conflict that's been going on recently, which we won't comment too heavily on, like you quite rightly say, because it's very sensitive, still ongoing. Everyone has their views and entitles to those and what have you. But where are we getting on news from that? Because I think now the media, and we're talking about media manipulation on this episode of the podcast don't necessarily broadcast our news and tell us what the news is and factually report on ongoing news and current affairs i think the media direct i think the media direct us places so if you agree with what Scobie wrote in his book then the media is directing you down one channel and if you disagree with what Scobie wrote in his book then the media will direct you down another channel because you'll probably watch a different type of media you won't you'll watch pierce morgan or or etc etc you know When it comes to Rishi Sunak, and we're going to come on to maybe the Elgin Marbles example, insofar as Rishi Sunak, there's an ongoing COVID inquiry where several people he associated himself quite closely with are being grilled by this independent inquiry.
1: He he is under fire because he came up with the Eating Out program. Yeah, Eat Out to Help Out. During COVID, Mm. Eat Out to Help Out to try and help the hospitality uh, industry. Yeah. And he's being held up in this inquiry as being an absolute lunatic Absolutely. by all of the medical healthcare professionals. So, of course, he's going to want to have attention deflected away yeah. from the COVID inquiry. So what shall I do?
0: I just, I'll just i just cancel my meeting with the Greek PM and I won't go and talk about it. because And I'm going to claim it's because of the Elgin Marbles which hilariously my friend was absolutely convinced for years were just marbles. And I was like, no, 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 they are, they're, they're, they're statues <laughs> brought over here by Lord Elgin uh, during, a, during a particular kind of diplomatic uh, event, diplomatic situation, you know, decades ago. But, you know, the Elgin marbles has been a thing that's been raging for however long.
1: Yeah, so for our, for our foreign listeners, you may or may not have heard of the Elgin marbles, they are archaeological artifacts that were bought from the Ottomans when they were in occupation of Greece. Right. Um, they, are a Greek art- they are Greek artifacts. There's a big debate as to whether the Ottomans were ever allowed to sell them uh, when they were in occupation, um, and Lord Elgin, which was who was a British um, philanthropist, or well, I, I'm not quite sure what he was actually, but anyway, he brought them over to um, the UK, and they now re- reside in the British Museum. And the big argument is whether the Elgin Marbles should go back to Greece. Now, everybody who is at all, what's the word? Fair, just might actually just think. Well, why didn't they just give the marbles back? They are artifacts from Greece. They would, they should stay in Greece. And I really thought this, and I thought, why are they all arguing over this? This doesn't seem. This doesn't seem very clever to me. Why don't they just give the marbles back? It's it, it's not ours to have. It's 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 whether we bought them or not. That we shouldn't we we shouldn't hold on to them. We should be able to just give them back. But then when you look into it, it unravels this whole Pandora's box of legal precedent. And if we give back the Elgin marbles, then we have to give back half of what's in the British Museum. And we have to give back half of what the, the King, King, New King Charles owns, yep. with stuff that was pillaged during our, our colonization of, of the world. Yep. So Rishi Sunak does not want to be the PM that um, opens that Pandora's box.
0: But you've got a question as well, and King Charles himself as well. You know, King Charles doesn't want to be the man to lose the Elgin Marbles under his reign here of the United Kingdom, while he himself is seemingly in the last 48 hours come under fire from this Scobie book. There's all sorts of tangents and layers. But I'll come up with an analogy here. Right, Rishi Sunak, fair enough, probably doesn't want to be the Prime Minister who, you know, sets free the Elgin Marbles back to Greece. But also... There's an argument to which, and this is purely speculation from my point of view, that Ricky Sunak arguably doesn't particularly care, but a spokesman for Sunak, a spokesman for the government, came out and did the equivalent of this, and Lyle fought an analogy time. You're in a pub, and in the corner of the pub, a massive fight breaks out. Someone's rubbed another person up the wrong way, and the person they've rubbed up the wrong way gets all his boys to pile in on this one guy, and there's a big, big fight. And one of the guys from the group, instead of fighting goes to the other side of the pub gets on a chair and goes they've upped the price of a pint by 30p uproar 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 now let's be honest fair enough there are people in that pub who feel passionately about the fact that the pint has gone up by 30p but the main problem in that pub at that time is the massive fight going on at the other end of the pub but one of their mates has gone let's make it about the pints So that no one focuses on how much we're piling in on this poor lad at the other end of the pub. And that's what's happened. Some bloke from the government's gone. Mr. Sunak feels very passionately about the fact that the Elgin marbles belong to the British Museum. Behind that guy, (laughs) he did some sort of weird piece of artwork. Behind that spokesman, all hell's breaking loose about the fact that Sunak, a member of the government during COVID, during the COVID crisis, is coming under fire colossally. For making whole a complete government shambles thing.
1: yeah all, let's make all of his government tips.
0: let's 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 focus on perspective shall we if if we complain enough about the elgin marbles and we cancel this meeting and we make it a bit of a diplomatic crisis then hopefully no one will pay attention to the fact that we are getting absolutely screwed by Towards this COVID inquiry and it's another classic case of mini- media manipulation it's extraordinary and that brings me back to my point it's all about misdirection let's 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 focus on the facts here the facts are these and I'm going to be fair I'm going to be fair and just the facts are that Britain has the Elgin marbles there are those who believe that Greece should have them there are those that believe that you know it's Britain's right to still hold claim over the Elgin marbles the facts are the Elgin marbles are here and that will continue to be a diplomatic point of contention that's a set of facts another set of facts are that the government handled the covid crisis in a certain way and there is an inquiry there's two sets of facts there now anyone with half a brain cell in my opinion sorry to be a bit you know kind of inflammatory and incendiary anyone with half a brain cell however in my opinion should go right the one we the thing we should be focusing on is the thing that's happened in the last three years that's the more important thing where People died for absolutely no reason, seemingly, and an inquiry which is holding people to account. The Elgin Marbles that... will still be in Britain in two years. Exactly, but, you know, I mean, and, yeah. and the
1: fact that you know this inquiry is to help us understand where what we what went wrong in the pandemic and prepare us for another pandemic, which will come. So absolutely. we have to understand what went wrong, so that we can right those wrongs and be better prepared for the next pandemic that is undoubtedly down the line but no we've been taken off track by some wonderful little spinsters in Mm. in government in number 10 you know going oh this is good we can cause a right little ruckus about this and to be to be fair on the media you know they can only keep reporting about the same story so long before they're like oh great another story we can start talking about but I do want them to, to to start thinking a little bit more, or maybe they know. Maybe mm. they want to be manipulated. Maybe. maybe it is all about the eyeballs on the pages. But I think nowadays in our society, we you know we should all be a little bit more cognizant about what's more important.
0: Well, this is a really interesting question. Actually, it's like a, a good point to kind of like analyze before we before we bring this first episode of season two, series two, to a close uh, here in Chichester. Before I go off and do actory things. I'm not going to say pretending to be a tree because I haven't pretended to be a tree. I have pretended to be Swiss all week and I've had a fantastic time. (laughs) With that Um,
1: that accent. My
0: cast will be relieved that that's not actually how I sound when I go on stage. (laughs) I am actually a lot better. But what's interesting is I play a journalist. So I also play a journalist. I play two roles. I play a journalist in one one of the scenes. And my last line in that scene is, Next up, the Manchester mum who's convinced a routine x-ray procedure left her son speaking in a russian accent that and more after the break and that's a classic piece of media misdirection i'm there reporting on the large <laughs> hadron collider and then i go by the way apparently this happened there's no way it happened obviously it's completely and obviously it's satirical writing but just going back to the question i was going to ask which is whose job is it now whose job is it now to be cognizant of these things because increasingly i think we're of the opinion that this juggernaut this leviathan that is the modern media is only going one way and it's going to come you know, And we talked about media moguls and the rise of AI and how they're going to seek to use this new technology. But the really interesting thing is, is that if that's the way that's going, then we're both of the opinion that we as the electorate, if you like, as the audience to the media need to be more cognizant of what is deliberate manipulation and misdirection and what is actually facts and what's news and make our own decisions in that regard. We've seen two and we've discussed two different examples on this episode of the podcast already we've discussed an example where something seemed to be plateauing in terms of a story and so we're speculating but something's been briefed dutch publisher etc cetera, etc cetera, to maybe give it a bit of exposure so we've gone calm before the storm and the, the manipulation has been to create the storm and then we've seen from a political perspective there's a storm there's a storm there's a storm Let's manipulate the media to create some calm, to create some calm around the storm and to misdirect people. My question to you, Jackie, and I don't really know what the answer is, but whose job is it going to be for the foreseeable? Do you think that there is now a responsibility from the perspective of the audience to be cognizant of these things? Or do you think it's time for us, the audience, to start trying to call out the media when they do this? in the hope that they change in some way I mean I know it's a, maybe a kind of a thankless task to, to hope that but what's your take on that
1: so my take is this I really believe as I said before that we're going to see a rise in the power of the opinion leaders so those people who can sit back and give opinion on what is happening and say you're being manipulated by the media on this one that can actually point this stuff out so I think that Ultimately, that means that the the kind of editorial vehicles like the newspapers, but I think there will be a morphing of news into things like Private Eye and the New Statesman and stuff like that. You will have key opinion leaders who will be the ones to call out the media on things like this. And you will see a rise of credible, third party, independent publishers who will be relied upon by us to give us that guidance that isn't machine-led, that is opinion-led. But I do think that those people with those opinions will use machines and will use research and will use AI tools to spot spin, to spot media manipulation. And I do think the way we'll be able to jump on it much more quickly will be through things like AI. Yeah. But I do think yeah. that they will be that will be a tool and I think that there will be credible opinion leaders who can call this stuff out. Mm. And ultimately, we'll come right back to where we started with the media moguls being the powerful ones that all the politicians go to, to try and influence them. And we'll be back to... Big lunches in posh yeah. hotels. And uh, will, it'll just go full circle. That is my view.
0: Are we looking at, though, media moguls becoming your Sam Altman as well? Because actually, I'm just piggybacking off a really brilliant point that you just made like AI and hopefully the algorithms and the technology within AI can start to spot what's spin and what's misdirection and what is actually the facts. But what's really interesting is you, you know more than me, but you and I both know, having spoken quite a lot about AI and, and writing a lot on AI ourselves as well. Is that actually AI technology and AI generated content comes off the back of learning from what it can find on the internet and from other resources, and a lot of the resources it will be learning from are media misdirection, are from the media, are from things on on, on the internet. So it's going to be really interesting to see what these AI models start to learn from. Are they going to either well, learn this from my
1: prediction? Go on. My other prediction is, and I'm not the only person saying this that the people who train to be prompt engineers for AI so that they do prompt the AI to go to the right places to get the right information, the prompt engineers are the coders or the gurus of the future. If you get it and, and they there will be, I promise you, There will be university degrees, there will be huge training things all around prompts, all around AI, all about understanding the code and the data set that these things are built on. And those prompt engineers will be built into the whole fabric of of our society moving forward. Just like we had website designers when, yeah. you know, if I'd mentioned in 1985 that I would hang around with website designers, people would have said, what are websites? What's a website? Yeah. You know, these these job roles, these um, things come about as part of technology. Absolutely. And technology moves us forward, but it moves us forward because of what we have planted, about because what we Decide we want to use it for, so that's why the prompt engineers. It sounds like something that's very diddly. Uh, oh, a prompt engineer! It's just prompting something. It's not. It's deeply psychological. It's it'll be deeply technical, and it'll be really really interesting. And coming back to one of um, the people I respect a lot, a guy called Peter Coidman who's working with AI. He said the people will become much more generalist in their skill sets, hmm. so that they're able to work with all of these tools across many different skill sets. So, sorry, that was a very long way of answering your your no,
0: loved very, it though. very tricky question of no, no, no. who's
1: going to do this job.
0: But a tricky question does require a long and very fulfilled answer. And I'm really pleased you gave that. And actually, to finish this episode, I think it's a really excellent point, which is that actually, when it comes to this new age that we're kind of moving into, and we really are, I mean, that sounds like a really extreme statement to make. But let's be honest, much as you and I have both said in previous episodes of the podcast, in the previous series of the podcast, that AI has been around for a hugely significant amount of time relative to how we now look at it, a lot of people think, oh, but AI and Chat GPT and AI generated content's only been around for like two years, maximum it's like, no, no, no. AI in a certain guise has been around for decades already. But it's only now we're really seeing potentially kind of you know the full power and the, and the full extent of, of what it can do. You're so right. When it comes to people who work within AI and use this new tech, yeah, fair enough. That's going to become a lot more general. I think it's a really excellent point that the person you just mentioned makes. Uh, but also To finish this episode, I think I'd just encourage everybody, and I'm sure you agree with this, Jackie, now more never, question everything in a very healthy way in a very educated way. Because and I'm and that sounds a bit kind of philosophical, I'll question everything and always go into it, but it does have a technical side to it as well, that point, which is this. If you question everything, given that everything's on the internet and everything's online, if you question everything and you write about questioning everything and you contribute to things with your questions and with your questioning personality then this new tech will learn from your questions as well as the answers you're being given. And it's important that we embrace this. I think it's really good that we finished on AI, given that about me, Mm -hmm. because the media are gonna try and always be one step ahead of us, the audience on everything that's being used now to generate information and to distribute information and that includes AI. So be questioning, be intuitive, be constantly asking, is this correct is this not correct because that ai if that's going to be used to distribute our media and distribute our news and and to tell our stories it needs to learn from your questions as much as the answers the media are giving and so Mm -hmm. i just i just encourage our listeners i'm sure you will because we're very lucky we have some fantastic listeners but i encourage all of our listeners to just just constantly be questioning things and not necessarily call to account the media because it's here to stay you know like you just said we're going to go full circle media moguls will return in whatever guys they will return in and they're going to be here again and and you know it's going to the cycle is going to keep regenerating itself so i'm not saying you know call people to account you know in, ex, in the extreme sense of the word but i'm saying you know just be cognizant be your own vehicle for this information be your own vehicle for for, for asking questions and i think i think that's a really really important point to, to to labor on and to no pun intended and to end on and also fitting by the way i mean you know my final point is this before we bring this episode to a close listeners that we've spoken a little bit about spinsters in politics And obviously, regardless of uh, what your particular political alignment is, Alistair Darling passing away, sadly, when we uh, record this episode today, was was one of the best in the game, you'd argue, depending on your political alignment. When it came to spin, he was a political spinster sort of for the ages. So uh, it's really quite significant that we've spoken a bit about kind of political spin and media manipulation on today of all days. The advent I can say as I sort of rise here in my ethereal backing of season <laughs> two of The Rest is PR. And we are delighted that you could join us, <laughs> listeners. We are so excited because actually season two then indicates there's going to be season three, season four. And I cannot wait for all of it. And thank you so much for sticking with us. It's been fantastic to have you on the latest episode of The Rest is PR, the first of this new series. There's going to be some exciting news as well, listeners. I'm sure I'm not jumping the gun here when it comes to my host, Jackie, and myself. In terms of another thing that we're going to be getting up to, we won't give too much away just for the time being, but there is going to be another kind of side hustle when it comes to podcasting for ourselves that is a bit of a passion project for Jackie and myself. And we're really excited to share that with you. And we'll be sharing more news on our various social media channels when that's up and running. So we're very, very excited for that. But in the meantime, Jackie, yes. from sort of seemingly, you know, heavenly Chichester, same time <laughs> next week. I promise I won't be as lit up as I am currently. I want you to same-
1: stay lit up.
0: Do you think? Do you think, think it's just like...
1: You're like, like a <laughs> Christmas angel. I want wings next time. <laughs> wings,
0: yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll raid the costume covered here in Chichester before I leave. That, that'll that obviously get me in <laughs> no trouble at all. Um, but same time next week, do you reckon? Yes brilliant stuff well thank you so so much listeners for joining us on the latest episode of the rest is pr a few quick T's and C's. you can get in touch with us info at the rest is PR and info at demoso.com both of those email addresses are valuable answer both of those even though it's a new series same old methods of communication and also head to those websites the is PR.com and demozo.com for all things the podcast all things Demozo. you can follow us on x at the rest is PR, capital t capital r capital i capital pr and you can also get in touch with jackie or myself and myself via linkedin jackie balls lyle Fulton will respond to messages over there as well but thanks so much once again listeners in the meantime from jackie and from myself take care of yourselves it's bye for now